Hi everybody, welcome back to Raw and Nerdy. This is episode number 19. I am Joe the Widget, and I am joined by my fellow Uber nerds, starting with Mr. Rook. Beep, beep, boop, beep. What's up, everybody? It's going to be a science-y episode, it I looks think like. you went a little bit past the um, Uber nerd <laughs> into the dork realm. And we're joined, Never as always, <laughs> by Archon. I don't speak droid, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We got a lot of really good stuff today, and I'm excited to get into it. And so. uh, I mean, we got a lot of tech stuff, some really cool tech stuff to talk about that happened in the news. But we mm-hmm. also going to do a Nightingale review, a talk about Avatar The Last Airbender, kind of give a review on that. And no spoilers, by the way. And Rook's going to be giving us a Helldivers 2 early review. So we got those to go into. As those, if you're interested in those three things, stay tuned for that. Uh, my week is going to be very short because most of my week was the things we're reviewing. Same with Archon, Same. I believe. Same, correct. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> this show, is, as we evolve it more and more and more, gets so much more exciting and fun for us, for me to do. I, I don't want to speak for you two, but as we get more into the news, we go, we've been branching more into science and tech and everything under the sun. It's been a lot more fun. Yes, it has been really fun. Trying to find different... Uh, websites that actually have good quality articles has That's been a, a little tricky. Yeah, yeah. Especially I didn't think it would in, be that hard. Especially when you go in like the general nerdy stuff because they tend to only most of the big ones only show like TV and movies. That's it. And, nothing else. And video games or something like that. Most of them is just TV and movies from what I saw. Like the really big oh. ones, like the Nerdist. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't go with those anymore. I, I've been going like my role for the most part my own my own thing is i've been doing a lot of the science and uh tech so i've I've been going to very specific news sites for those i still go to nerdist wired all of them uh geek tyrant because sometimes they'll surprise me with articles like last week that cruise that was from a forgot which one it's from but it was from one of those websites so i imagine it was geek tyrant because they do pretty good yeah, it's probably Geek Tyrant, um, but that's where I find some of these articles that I want to talk about, and then I'll jump into like the nerd news or the science news and whatnot because because it's just what we do. Yep, yeah. uh, and I get mine just randomly from social media and various other, various <laughs> other places. So. I go to TikTok for my news. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have found things on TikTok before, but those are the type of things that you definitely need to then go look it up and make yeah. sure that those people know what the heck they're talking about. 99.9%. Yeah. They do. <laughs> they have you need to vet what they're talking about. And the sad part is a lot of people think of it as gospel when they go to Facebook or they go to TikTok and like, oh, someone said this is this, so it has to be true. I have started taking... The internet. I started taking with a grain of salt anything you find on Facebook. Even a lot of the news articles, I'll jump between oh, different yeah. articles just to verify they're saying the same things, and I'll pick out oh, what's all the same and go with that. Even some celebrities are like, wow, it's amazing how many times on Facebook I've been dead. <laughs> yeah. People announcing my death, and I'm, I'm finding out for the first time on Facebook, apparently I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I saw one where some site was doing a special, like, IMD, it was IMDb, IMDb did some kind of special event for a horror director. Like, since, you know, he, since he passed away, we're going to show all of his highlights of his movies. Mm-hmm. And he responded directly to IMDb, like, um, I'm alive, but I appreciate it, but I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who told you I died? So what happens when you everybody loses contact with you? They think you die. <laughs> right. right. Maybe he just wants a normal life, like, like a normal human. How dare celebrities be normal humans? I'm not a big celebrity person, but let them all be them. Right. Uh, since he... you're the only one, Rook, that has had a week other than what we're going to talk about in the main stuff, go for it, man. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll start off. Well, after I get off work, um, lately I haven't been playing a lot of games during the week. I've just been stressed out, and I've been dealing with my own mental health issues. So, I've watched cartoons. X-Men, Transformers, those are the ones I went to. But, this week, I had a friend of mine talk me into buying Helldivers after our show last week. And so, I bought Helldivers 2. I've been playing that with... 
I know exactly which person who talked you into it. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. surprised. Uh, Rabbit and her family, I've been playing with them. And it's actually a fun game. I'll review it later. Um, also, I have on my desk, 3D printing has become so awesome on what it can print. I have a 3D printed full resin dragon with a rider on the back of it. And the detail is just amazing. Uh, 3D technology printing in particular has gone leaps and bounds over the last 10 years. Like they're, they're, pr they're printing houses for crying out loud. Every time I think <laughs> of a 3D printer, I think of something crappy and, and hollow yeah. and full of tags and, and very little detail. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when I saw when you when you showed us that the other day, isn't that's the dragon from Game of Thrones with Khaleesi on the back, right? Most likely, yeah. It, it, it just, just said, said a dragon, dragon with a rider. But that's that, all it said on the description on the website I got the file exactly from. Looks exactly like the dragon from Game of Thrones. They probably yeah, took it looks a 3D like her model on its and, back. Yeah, yeah, it looks like her on the back. So that's what I thought it was. Yeah, <laughs> if you're really amazing. good at AutoCAD or 3D modeling. Mm -hmm. You can do very well with 3D printing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I saw just... a video the other day of a dude who made, like, a, a magnetic. It was 3D printed, and it was magnetic. It all came together and was this really sweet Wolverine mask. <laughs> yep. And I was like, I want one. Venus will get a kick out of this one. Um, there was a figurine that was made for me by the, the same co-worker. This is what got me into wanting him to make me this dragon. It's uh, from Dragonlance. It's a literal breakdown of Lord Soth, the Death Knight. And the, the detail is so fine from this resin that you can make out the chain links on the chain mail for the horse's armor. Hmm. And but, I know that they're, they're printing, like I said, houses. They're using a special concrete mix mm -hmm. where they can actually print them and they... When they build the walls, the walls, because of the, the mixture they're using, are pre-insulated. Mm -hmm. So it's really awesome. And now they're actually working on molecular printing. So building and printing stuff on a very microscopic scale. Like I watched a, one of Mark Robert Rover's channel. His, uh, his, yeah, he went into a, and wanted to make the smallest Nerf gun ever. So they made it microscopic where he had to use a microscopic needle to pull the trigger and load it. Oh, wow. And it was printed. And you could That's shoot it? That's cool. And they printed a million of them at a time. And that okay. million of them that was printed was the size of a dime. Nice. A million of them was the size of a, size of a dime? Yeah. That's <laughs> insane. That is insane. It's it's incredible what they can do today. And I love that stuff. I get, I get geeky about it. Anyway, what else is going on? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to eventually get me a 3D printer. But I played some Starfield. I've been slacking. Uh, Illness and all of them are ma Illness and Kilo are making me look horrible because I haven't been in game that much. Read more to Deathgate Deathgate cycle. Uh, the planet, the the race I'm reading about right now, they they're called Gags. They're this one zone's dwarfs. That's what this zone calls them. And like, there's this machine they're on, and the way they describe it is like if you had a young kid and you are explaining it to them and then they go to repeat it and they say instead of factory they say factory f-a-c-t-r-e-e -E. okay and and stuff like that and it's makes sense because they're not normally dealing with this kind of equipment so it it, it was just awesome on how they're writing that right now hmm um Play Baldur's Gate 3 on PC. Um, it's been fun. I'm currently finally doing the Moonrise Tower after doing all the other side quests. So you're just uh, about to get finished with uh, Chapter 2. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to knock out the Moonrise Towers and then go do Shadow Heart. You want to do finish thing. up Shadow Heart before you do the main boss in the Moonrise. Well, actually, so, you, you can't do the main boss without doing Shadow Heart anyway, so. Yeah, but... Everybody, everything I've said, including I've read, including you, have said do Moonrise up to a point as far as you can, and then go do Shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise it, it'll lock you out, from what I understand. But I'll find out how later. And then Widget came over to my house, and today we uh, sported it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, some MLB 23 the show, um, and then and got back into golf. 
<laughs> one of the things that's interesting is that we have characters or players in the game that was modeled mm-hmm. after the three of us. We even put Archon in the game. He's one of our oh, yeah. biggest power hitters. The guy has, what, seven or eight games and equal amount of home runs? Yep. Averaging roughly a home run a game. Yeah. So we, heavy we, <laughs> we got bored and wanted to see just how well we could score. And so mm. we put the hitting to the most easiest difficulty you can in that game, which is beginner, where they throw you nothing but heaters in the strike zone. Yeah. We, Basically home run we, derby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you guys see Texas Tech and their record that they just recently set of the most runs in a game? Mm-mm. No. Uh, they, I, I believe the video I was watching, they had scored over 32 runs at that point, and there was still more oh. video left. The Japanese beat them. Japanese are brutal. They have a game recorded, well, a high school like game. It's like an NCAA record. Yeah, like, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Is the I think the Japanese one was a high school match, and it yeah. went 86 runs in four innings. Yeah, one of these days we'll sit here and talk sports, and we'll talk about how brutal the Japanese are with their baseball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Texas Tech baseball team scored a not NCAA record, a school record of thirty-two runs on Friday. So now I really want to know what the NCAA record is. <laughs> I'm a big golfer. Well, the thing I was reading said that was an NCAA record as well. So well, this is we, why are we talking sports? Because, that's, because it's also because you were talking about yeah, well, we're, also, the show. we're also sports fans the three of us so it makes sense I'm a big time golfer I golf weekly and my handicap is a 9 so I'm not bad at all yeah, those of you who know what golf it, how golf scores Rook's not too bad either he plays with me every now and then yeah I, 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 I not that great let's be <laughs> honest <laughs> oh. yeah but you have fun that's what matters man well true and Archon, the NCAA record for single just, game runs is 50. <laughs> yeah, I just looked. I just saw it too by Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. I looked but that up at the same time. Me and, me and Widget have a character um, that's J- a <laughs> J. J. combination. J.J. Wolstead, who's a combination of our names. So far, he's won. I think there's like, it's tw- we've played 30 events. We've finished in the top 10 and 28 of them. And... Finished first place and at least 15 of them. 19. 19, yeah. We've had 19 <laughs> wins, which is yeah. in the second place is three. <laughs> yeah. So if you know the PGA Tour, that's like unheard of to get even get near that many. Oh, yeah. That's without changing settings. We The only setting I did was I changed the difficulty of our opponents and, made and increased their difficulty and we're still beating them. <laughs> but uh, we, we played that. Got him his a really early birthday gift, so... Uh, hopefully he gets a lot of use out of it. Yeah, it's a pen. You better believe I will. <laughs> it's my, a actually, pen. I'm not going to use it for work. I'm going to use it for my desk for when I do my notes for the show and stuff like that. Because when, when mm-hmm. we're recording, I'll, I'll take frequent notes regarding like edit points for myself, basically things I might want to mm-hmm. edit or, or need to. Like when Rook swears, I got to mark that down. <laughs> you son of a quack, quack, quack. <laughs> Start just hitting the quack button every time I'm talking. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to go through and just hit the quack icon when I'm talking just so it sounds like I'm saying something bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would. But that's been pretty much my week. Nothing too overly exciting other than me getting mad at myself for breaking my engine on my car. Yeah, told me all about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be buying a car, actually. I th- I'm going to try to next weekend. And people have been telling me to get a Kia, and I'm debating on that still. Kias, the modern Kias are worth getting. Let's put it this way. Uh, with all the driving you do, I used to have a Kia Forte, and I averaged about 53 miles to the gallon. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why I'm going to consider it, and I've had a lot of people tell me that... Toyota's another choice. They're extremely to. adore... I hate Toyotas. <laughs> yeah, but them. they are... Let's be honest, they are some of the better quality uh, cars out there when but it comes to But I need something I'm going to be comfortable driving, and I'm last three Toyotas I've driven, I was not comfortable driving them. So, tangent real quick. Uh, so, we keep talking about all these car brands that used to have really bad, rep- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Really bad reputations. Reputations. However, after going to a couple of car shows and actually looking at all these cars coming out and stuff, Nissan's actually putting quality in their cars. Hyundai is putting quality in their cars. Honda... These were brands where you could get cheap cars, and now they're actually putting some serious quality in their cars now that it's cheaper to put the quality in the cars. 
Yeah. yeah. My, my now choices right now are going to be Kia or Honda. Honda's not a bad choice. Both of them, good choices. I really um, like another, the Civic line. So, Another really good choice. Um, they're a little bit, a little more pricey, but um, wow, totally just Subaru. Mm. Subarus make very good quality cars that will run yep. for a very long time, and they're all-wheel drive, so they're good for if you get stuck in the pass <laughs> or something along those lines. So, Not the WRX. I've seen too many people have issues with that one. Those ones are made more for like street racing than they are yeah. for well, just I have, like your regular Imprezas and stuff. I'm going to go next weekend and see if there's something I can I can pick up because my, my Ford, my poor Fusion Hybrid is at its last leg at 180,000 miles, so it's time for a new one. That's only got 180,000 in it. Mine's at like 140 right now, so I'm kind of worried. Uh, don't be, t- don't be <laughs> don't too do worried. Uh, Joe just beat the crap out of his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's work. I kind of have to. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of driving, I'm, it's not even funny. Mine is the one that my daughter's probably going to end up driving when she turns 16, so hopefully it's still running good. Yeah. I mean, uh, only... How was y'all's week? So I, I'm, we're going to get into that in just a minute, but I have a little gripe with lit RPG books. For those of you who don't know what a lit RPG is, it's a genre, a fantasy novel that is basically using video game mechanics in a fantasy world where they have stat sheets in the book and they have leveling up and stuff like that. And 99.9% of the authors who write lit RPG have never played a damn game in their lives. (laughs) And it's very clear because most of them emphasize crafting as the most important thing in their book. I love crafting in RPGs. One of my favorite parts of it. Most, Most players, in MMOs in particular go lean towards the adventure and combat. Yeah. 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 And lit RPGs, no. And they also, they do something really stupid. Like if they have stat points that they can distribute, they'll stack all their stat points in one stat only, like strength. And like, of course, I got leveled up, so I put all my stat points into strength. And so you're a who has the agility of a rhinoceros, (laughs) but you can hit like one. No. So when it comes to lit RPG, there is a book series that actually is decent. A coworker of mine got me into it. It's by it's the Lone Wolf series by Joe Dever. It's actually not horrible on its setup. So I haven't heard that one, or I haven't read that. Like one of the ones I was listening to recently that I actually did not even finish the last book was uh, Dungeon Crawl- Crawler Carl. Those books are just getting getting worse and worse. The first two books were really really good, and they just got not worth it anymore. Sounds like the rest of the other books became money grabs. Yeah. The Land is another one I was listening to for a little while, but it got absolutely terrible, overstated. The only one that I liked a lot was the one about the Mimic. Everybody loves Large Chess series. Who doesn't love Large Chess? Yeah, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely an R-rated, R-rated book series, so... <laughs> the larger the chess, the bigger the loot. Exactly. That it's is- a Mimic. It makes sense, right? Yeah. Even no matter how you put that, that is still a legit statement. It is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All right. Let's get into these reviews, guys. Let's talk about Nightingale. Because right. uh, I know that Archon and I have both been playing. He's played it far more than I have. I've been way too busy the last four days to... I think I've played maybe two hours in that time frame. I currently am sitting at 51.5 hours into this game. So you've got a good mark. I've got about 20-something hours. Um, my impression of the game is I enjoy it. I think it's a, I think it's a fun game. Um, it has a pretty decent story. However, there are a lot of negatives to the game. There is. Quite a <laughs> uh, bit. <laughs> number one, my biggest negative and probably my biggest pet peeve with the game is that every NPC you go to to get a quest... You have to go through like 17 pages of dialogue. I was grabbing about that the other night. It was ridiculous. And and they repeat themselves and it goes in a loop. Yeah, it gets worse. It's just, there's so much of it. And then like the game, the way I described it to my friend is it's, it's overly complex, but lacks, like lacks, it's lacking. It's, it's got too much, but yet it's lacking. I like, I it's was lacking the meat and potatoes it needs. I was there's too much meat and potatoes. That's the problem. No, 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 no. My... It's it's got potatoes of every variety possible, <laughs> and little bits of meat of every variety possible. But they never put it together. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like 
I get where they were going. It's it's kind of a cool concept with crafting where like you can take different materials and get different results on your on your items that you're making. And I've actually noticed it making a few things, but it's completely on like you have different tiers of things and like it's completely unnecessary to have eight different tier one hides. Yeah, it is. It just it's... takes up so much space in your inventory. Like I was talking to my friend and he was he was talking about how he's got like five or six chests and they're just packed full of stuff and he's irritated by it. I was like, five or six? Man, I wish I had five or six chests. I have five or six chests of just tier one stuff. And I, <laughs> now I'm into like, I've got tier two stuff and now I just hit the point where I'm fa- starting to farm tier three stuff. And it's like, holy crap, I have I had to build this entire massive room just to hold all of my chests so that I have some form of organization so I can find the stuff I have. There's just too much. That's one of my big complaints is that, like, a lot of the games we've been playing, we've been playing a lot of survival games. We've reviewed already a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Pal World, every chest you make automatically, you get you can pull directly from your chest when you're crafting. Uh, in Shrouded, you make magic chests, which does the same thing. This game, from what I've seen so far, that is not the case. It is not the case. I have hit... Just recently before we started the show, I hit the end game portion of the game. And as of yet, I have not found a single chest that does that. That's kind of uh, ridiculous if you ask me because you have almost grab, every game. Yeah. yeah, you have to grab everything that you want to use out of your chest, bring it to your tables, and use it to make what you want to make. And then do 15,000 steps to get to that one thing you want to make. And no matter, like, you can get backpacks that help you hold more weight, but you can only ever carry... 75 items you never can carry more than 75 items you can just carry more of each item by having better backpacks and stuff but like i don't the combat i don't have any issues with the combat um the couple people i've i've seen tell me that they think the game's kind of clunky and stuff like that like i've seen some people reviewing it saying they think the combat's a bit clunky but they it seems like they all play in the third person view instead of the first person view uh i I have to agree with them and i'm playing in the first person it feels very clunky compared to games like enshrouded i think it's very similar to enshrouded like i haven't had any issues with the go back and do the combat on both of them and compare them side by side and and you'll see the the fluidity of in, of entrouded is it's much cleaner well, and the, the dodging mechanics of, and things like that is is much cleaner in in all aspects the fluidity of, is better in all of the other survival games I've played than Nightingale Nightingale seems a little choppy yeah i'm not a big fan of how they do the, the magic either using the enchantments i don't mind it it reminds me of like what it. we were doing on our minecraft server to circumvent but, the, the way the game works Kind of, but what I've noticed is, okay, so one of the things is with that weird crafting system is that you can craft gear that makes your magic stronger, or you can craft gear that makes your melee and your sh- and your guns and stuff stronger. So it's, you kind of, t- you can tailor yourself out to just make it to where all of your weapons are catered to being a mage if you want, or you can cater it to where... You're just, you know, a Western BA. The ranged or... weaponry so far from what I've played is fine. It, it does have some issues with how monsters are moving, where they'll just suddenly appear in different areas. Um, yeah. Wait till you get the rifle. You'll. Lo- I, I have a feeling once you get the rifle, you're going to change the, the melee way you combat, it. though, is it's cringeworthy to me. See, I don't have any problems with it. I, I wasn't even about... looking at a boar swinging and I killed it. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Were you swinging a big weapon? And the AI of the followers is cringe. Awful. To the maximum. Um, I'll be chopping down a tree and my follower will stand right inside the tree in front of me to where I'm only hitting them. Yeah. Or a lot of times I'll be chopping down a tree and it'll fall on my head and cause damage to me, which is obnoxious. Did you ever see the trees when they're following that falling that they will actually follow you for a certain amount of time? Uh-uh. I was watching that the other night. I don't look up. (laughs) I was watching it, and they would start to fall one direction, and I would move, and it would start falling towards me. Yeah. I mean, I think the game has a lot of good qualities. I think I see the vision they're going with the game, and by the time the game is completed and polished, I think it'll be like a solid 7.5 out of 10. Uh, Right now in its current state, I'd say more around like a 5.2 out of 10. Yeah, you don't need to go into the points, but yeah. First, well, it's it's not quite a five point five, but it's not as bad as a five. So I, I gave it a five point. I wouldn't go that far currently. I would only say a four out of ten. 
And I, from even looking at how the mechanics work, they need to change how the crafting system entirely works for me to feel like they're going to fix it. I don't see that happening. I don't think they'll ever get more than like a six. But I think the crafting system is fine. They just need to like wean it down a little. Like, for instance, one of the big things is like if you kill an animal that's predator or if you kill an animal that's prey, it gives you two different materials. You get a tier one prey pelt or a tier one predator pelt. Like they don't need that. There's no actual difference between them. Yeah, there is when you're crafting, though. It gives you different stats. Mm. But they don't. It's not enough to really matter. Don't do. You don't need to do that. Do the like crafting is over, house. over, over complicated. I have my little yeah. house, and every inch of that thing is covered with different crafting stations for different things. Right, and then not only that, but then you have to have these little like augmentation things that you put out to be able to craft some of the things at the crafting stations, and it's like you can get rid of those completely, like. Just get rid of those completely. They're pointless. And maybe simplify down the materials a lot. I mean, and another thing I've noticed, like, I've, I've come across several, several bugs in that game. Number one, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but it's supposed to cost essence when you repair. I It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. I've noticed it. For me, it does. For me and for uh, my friend Chris, when he was playing earlier, he said he also didn't saw what I was talking about. My other friend Chris said he saw what I was talking about. Anytime I repaired, it took none of my essence dust. I noticed it was me a few times that it did because I had to actually get more dust because I didn't have enough to do it. Yeah, you, you have to have enough to do it, but when you actually repair, it doesn't take it away. I'll look again. Like if you spend your essence dust and you don't have enough, you can't repair but if you have enough, it doesn't take it away. The world events really that are in the different zones are very annoying. Not oh, much fun yeah. to them. Um, like going to go find the runes. I wanted to pull my hair out several times doing that. Having to build people's mansions for them. Also not fun. It takes so much materials. But to be fair, like it takes maybe 10 minutes of time. I'm having a and hard get- time really finding something I really enjoy about the play mechanics of the game. The building is the one thing I can say I do enjoy. The designing the house and stuff like that, that's fun. I enjoy that. I like how they do the system where you put your blueprints up and you can just gather all the materials at once for that. I like yeah. that. And I like the graphics. It's got a very unique look and feel to it, and it made me feel like I was actually in the 1800s building my homestead. I also like... Like I said, right before I got on the show, I got kind of into the, the, the end game portion of the game um, and what you do there. I kind of enjoyed that. I thought that was, I think that's going to be fun. Um, it, it's, it really gives you a chance to play with other people and stuff too. So I, th- I thought that was kind of fun. Um, I'll know so, more once I get more into it. So. so it looks like we got like a five and a half or 5.2 out mm-hmm. of 10 and a four out of 10 currently with Nightingale. What about Helldivers 2? So, Helldivers 2, to me, is really fun. Um, it's a mechanic. The mechanics in it, it's over-the-shoulder uh, shooter, a lot like Mass Effect. I actually enjoy it. It's it's fun. It can be fast-paced, and the battles can be excruciating if you don't have a good team. Uh, so far, everybody I've jumped in game with... Let me re- backtrack. So, the game is predicated on think of the way earth is for starship troopers and that's how they portray earth here super earth you're a what they call a hell diver you get your own super destroyer and you can team up with four other people you jump in these pods and you shoot down to the planet and they'll launch different upgrades to you if you call for them and whatnot so it's actually not bad in that regard and you actually one of the mechanics I really like about the game is when you they keep track of the number of clips you have for your weapon, not the number of rounds. So when you change your clip, you, if, if it's not fully empty, you lose the, whatever rounds were in that magazine or clip or whatever your weapon is. Yeah, that's one so, thing you were saying you wish Starfield did. And I'm yeah, kind of glad it doesn't. I said that. <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite fun. Um, also, there's an upgrade you can get where you get the recoilless rifle and you can have somebody carry the pack for that with the ammo and it will show them reloading your gun. Or you can carry the pack yourself and reload it. But when you do that, it actually 
shows the number of rounds you have in that pack disappearing. So they actually have paid attention to the graphics and the number of things that are being used. So if you're on a mission on a planet and you're going solo, people can join you. Other Helldivers can join you when you're setting up or they can jump into the session with you. It's actually pretty cool because for the most part, everybody I've come across minus one person has been a team player and we've worked well together. There has been one person that's dropped in and started shooting me, so I killed him. He apologized in chat, which ha the game does have a built-in localized chat, so you don't have to use Discord or something like that, and if somebody jumps in, y'all can still start talking and work tactics and stuff, because tactics are big in this game. But he killed me, so I just left the system. I was like, screw it, you're on your own. <laughs> it's a So far, I really like it. Uh, the one thing I think they could really do better on is server queuing. Sometimes it'll time out queuing you up for a server, but I've only ran into that twice out of the multitude of times I've been queuing up for jumping into a uh, mission. Also, what was the other one I was thinking of? That seems uh, to be a running theme with a lot of games that have been launching lately is, is network, network issues. That was a yeah. big problem with Nightingale in the beginning. Yep. And one of my friends is still having a major issue with those network errors on Nightingale. Yeah, I, I've only ran into the issues a couple of times when I'm running solo. When I'm running with at least one other person and we jump into another person's mission, it typically works. But when I'm running solos where I've had the issues, so I'm not sure what if that's a big thing. I do wish that... The store, the missions were more story driven instead of here's a mission, go do these tasks. That is one of the downsides to it, but there is an overall story of what's going on. I just got to piece it together. Uh, you can upgrade your uh, jumper with different uh, different upgrades, different gear, and different equipment like that. They do have a pay-to-win mechanic, but it's not as it's it's pay-to-win in the aspect. Some of the gear gives you minute bonuses, but yeah, I think that should not exist uh, in any game ever. Yeah, but I haven't seen a drastic difference between. But the stuff you can pay to get the money, the, the super credits. The fact for, that it even has a microtransaction system is a big mm -hmm. no-no for me. Yeah, but you the can only also microtransactions I'm okay with are cosmetics. And yeah, even that, well, I don't buy them, but it, if you want to buy cosmetics, that's fine. But if it gives you any form of advantage... But there's also earning... You can unlock the tier to get the cooler stuff, the cooler looking stuff that has the same bonuses as the regular tier stuff. So all it is is cosmetic, but it just looks cooler. That one, you can also earn it, the in-game currency to unlock those without having to pay money. It just You can pay like... 10 bucks to unlock one tier faster. Pretty much. I really enjoy the game. Just needs a better story. A story-driven aspect to the game. I, to me, it gets a 6 out of 10. All right. Oh, wow. I played Helldivers 1 with my son, and it was so memorable, memorable that I completely forgot about it until he reminded me. <laughs> yeah, I never even heard of he it. He swears we beat it, but I distinctly remember playing it for half of a day, and then we moved on to Diablo 3. So I didn't like it. <laughs> but, you know, I... I would trust my son on that aspect because, yeah, clearly was not a big fan, and I had to go look it up to even halfway remember it. Yeah, to me, the reason Never why it's getting a six. It. Yeah, to me, the reason why it's getting a six out of ten is, like I said, the story, the network connection issues at times. Uh, I wish the weapons were more customizable to where you can like put a zoom scope in and actually have the ability to zoom in on targets and whatnot. I'm not sure if that's what they're going with that down the road but as it sits right now it's a really fun and playable game me rabbit and her family have enjoyed playing it a lot i can't wait to get back in the game there you i've go. heard good things about it um it's been uh, really popular few, lately that's for sure a few mm -hmm. people that i uh know have played it and they've said that they enjoyed it as well so avatar the last airbender the live action show has come out on netflix i am personally a big fan of the cartoon watched Same. every episode at least twice so all the way through very big and fan. um yeah so when the live action came out i was actually at my sister's i didn't even have a netflix act active account anymore 
which I actually reactivated my Netflix just to watch this show after watching the first two episodes of my sister. And yeah, so far, I am really impressed. It's miles better than the movie. Yeah, (laughs) I would agree. A lot of people, I've I've seen a lot of online hate about it. Um, They they don't like the costumes. They say they all look like cosplay costumes and stuff like that. I think it gives more of a transition from the cartoon feel to it. It, Yeah, it does. It's more cartoony. It's brighter. It's more vibrant. They're pulling the source material directly from a a cartoon. I mean, come on. (laughs) Right. One of the biggest gripes I've seen, and this absolutely drives me crazy, when they take like a 20-something episode season and they condense it down into eight episodes for live action, people complaining, oh, well, they combine certain story elements. Of course they did. Of course they did. They had to take a, you know, 12-hour cartoon and make it an eight-hour show. Of course they had to condense some of it down a little bit, but I think they did it very well. Yeah, it doesn't take uh, away from the story. No, the way that they combined the plot points, they did a very good job with it, and it, it, like, I had to actually stop and, and, like, really think to really notice some of them it, it didn't just like jump out at me like oh my gosh they combined that it, it like i had to like actually think about it oh wait yeah they did combine those didn't they i, I didn't even notice like the way they did it was very seamless very good and they um, hit all the major points you know, mm-hmm. in tandem with how the show did it the, the cartoon exactly. the actors they use I, I really like the actors for all the characters i think they did a good job i i, there's uh, some, I have a problem with ang there please. is some there is some instances where like it's not great acting but it wasn't i mean like it wasn't great acting in the cartoon either like <laughs> it was cheesy and fun and that's kind of the way the there's, show there's is a point too. between cheesy but that goes against the actual acting the actual acting talent of the main character it, it's lacking in some areas big time yeah. No better than was the old kid. movie. It's a kid. Well, that's true. And he's not that old. <laughs> yeah, the, the acting in the old movie was horrendous. But well, like, I watch... Kid. I mean, it's kind of hard to find a child who is a amazing actor that's just, like, right on point. I mean, I think he does a good job. I He reminds me a lot of the Aang from the cartoon. So, I forgive it, but... So, I, I watched the uh, Watch Mojo episode. I haven't seen the show, but I watched the Watch Mojo episode about... Uh, what was it? The top 10 or top 20 differences in the stories between uh, the live action and the cartoon. And Remember they even... No spoilers. I'm not... They even sat okay. there and said that uh, even though there were some differences, they were well done. Yeah, they just gave it props on how they did the story. There's definitely a lot of CGI where like the old M. Night Shyamalan movie didn't really use as much CGI, but I think it was done well. I think the fight sequences were done pretty well. I really I sat down to watch the first episode. Yeah, I sat down to watch. I sat down to watch the first episode and ended up watching the first five, took a little bit of a break and within like a a 24 hour span, I think I would say I watched all eight. (laughs) <laughs> because it was I just really enjoyed it. I'm about an episode and a half from finishing it. I'm gonna watch it this week after I get off of work. So I'll probably catch up and have more insight on it next week. Definitely worth watching. Once you get watching, it's hard to put it down. Like if you especially if you try and watch it before bed, if you tell yourself I'm gonna watch an episode before bed, you're a liar. You're gonna end up watching two or three. <laughs> it's because you just don't stop at one. What's gonna make or break the show for me is the earthbender. If you know the show, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think the the way they've done, the, the way they portray the bending is amazing. They do very they, well they with do this, great. I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. It's, it's in tandem with the show, exactly. The TV show, the cartoon. The only, the only thing that kind of bugged me a little, and I guess we'll say spoiler warning. It's not really a spoiler, but we'll say spoiler warning. If you don't want to hear this, then skip ahead 15 seconds or so. Three, two... One. Warning, spoilers ahead. Okay, the only part that was at the very beginning of the show, Aang kind of flies a little. And a lot of people had gripes with that because he usually can't do that without his glider. But other than that, the, the bending has been pretty much right on point with everything that's in the in the cartoon. So Yeah, that only happened at the beginning of the show. So Yeah, it I was seen. like for like the first 15 minutes. But it's definitely a lot darker than the cartoon. It, it goes a little... 
a little more in the uh, the adult realm. It's it's a lot more dark and that's it, saying a lot considering the cartoon itself has really dark themes to it. A few, yeah, but this, I mean, right from the beginning, you like the very first episode, you like the very first 10 minutes of the episode, you can tell the path they're going with this show. So, all in all, I would recommend it. If you're a fan of the cartoon, definitely check it out. Even if you're not, check it out. Yeah, everybody check it out so that they get lots of, so they get views on it and then they want to make a season two because some of us like it and want a season two. The problem is, is I got to get caught up on NCIS since they just started their new season. And that is a special tribute to the actor who played Ducky. So, well, you only gotta give a give it one or two days, and then t- then you can get caught up on NCIS. So, since we're <laughs> on the topic of movies and TVs, what about the Borderlands trailer? The trailer looks really cool. Except I am for a one giant Borderlands fan, so I've been really really looking forward to this. And yeah, there's a couple of complaints. There's one major complaint. Me and widget agree with and i man my son and I, i'm with and his son and archon and i Kevin, think every borderlands fan out there Kevin yeah. hart should not have been cast as roland nope. no Terry, that's a big fail that is a big fail uh i think in my personal opinion terry cruz probably could have filled that role better because he has the build he you has the seriousness 30 actors out there that would have been way better yeah yeah you Kevin don't take Hart, a, no. You don't take a big, burly Tall. man and make him four foot two. With like, he, come on. Yeah, he was a like the six foot five dude in the game. Very very serious. One of the few characters in the game that was not comedic. And you put a short comedian as his role. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised with the way Hollywood's been going lately that they didn't cast like The Rock in that role or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, now. Nah, I would have done Terry Crews over The Rock. But even The Rock would have fit the build better than Kevin Hart. Like, I was like, what? And then yeah. Kate Blanchett as, as uh, gosh, why is her name Lilith? Like, even that, like, she's a lot younger in the game. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a couple I'm of like, choices that uh, kind of threw me off, like Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis. Yeah. Um, I think the person they picked for Mad Moxie is spot on, uh, Gina. She looks very good. I don't know about Ariana Greenblatt as Tiny Tina yet. Sounds nothing like her, and that's... But keep in mind, the voice actress who did Tiny Tina is my age, in her (laughs) early 40s. So it would be really hard for her to play a little teenager. So let's be honest. honest. They could have probably done a little bit more reached out their casting fingers a little bit more and found somebody that sounded more similar to her and could pull one, off the personality. One thing I will say, though, is is the one thing I was worried about and the one thing I was waiting for, but the second Claptrap opened his mouth, I was... I was it's yep. Jack Black, come on. Yep. That's the one thing <laughs> I, I can say worried, that they though. did right. That's what I'm saying. I was worried about it at first, <laughs> but he sounded... Perfect. Jack Black needs to make a career out of being a voice actor because he's everything he's touched so far in that in that realm has been gold. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't argue with that. It did throw me off a little bit when I heard Jack Black as Claptrap because it's not as annoying as (laughs) Claptrap. Yeah. No, but But I was seriously laughing very hard in that trailer every time Claptrap was on screen. Especially the end, I was almost in tears. It was great. Oh, the end of the trailer was amazing. (laughs) Are y'all talking about where he's bent over? Yeah. He's he's going to the bathroom? Yeah, (laughs) of all the lead, yeah. I can't wait. There were some scenes Uh, where they showed Tiny Tina doing some action, which looked very much like the game, so I have hopes for that. Tiny Tina is my all-time favorite character, other than uh, Mr. Torg, but I don't think they have Mr. Torg in this. I don't see anywhere for casting on that, which is a bummer. But they do have a lot of the key people. Um, I'm actually really surprised they put Craig in there, the psycho. But there's a Scooter is another really good one I like. He's the the hick mechanic in the game. And the character, the actor they cast to portray him is spot on. And I think I saw... No, I didn't see him. I, I could have sworn in the trailer I saw Handsome Jack in there, but that was not I thought the case. I did, too. There was somebody in the trailer that looked like he could be Handsome Jack. But yeah. in the casting, there is no Handsome Jack. 
Not listed, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be there. But Crom's in there? Hammerlock? There's a couple Atlas. people that don't have a name listed next to them. So they, I mean, it yeah. could be Handsome Jack. It could be like a something that they're trying to keep hush hush. Which is quite know. possible, but there's some of the casting they, they did in here is really good. So we'll see. But yeah, the main we'll characters are some questionable choices. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I'm still going to watch this movie the second it comes out. Of oh, course. And I one thing I guess to give them mad props for, though, the world that they showed in the trailer look just like borderlands well that's not too hard to do no you put out <laughs> you put out a crazy apoc- post-apocalyptic world with psychos and there you go borderlands <laughs> so i'm looking yeah, forward I, to it i can't wait what's its release date do we know august 9th you got yeah. a few months away all right all right widget me and you are going to plan i don't know if we want to do exactly the night it releases why not uh, midnight release yes because i don't want to cuddle with people in this thing at a packed <laughs> Theater. <laughs> what if it's a hot lady sitting next to you and she wants to cuddle? So the trailer itself, <laughs> the trailer itself gets a nine point nine out of ten rating. No, I give it a nine because of the full rolling thing. <laughs> yeah, that, oh. that. Wait, wait, no, I give it a nine point five because Jack Black in that ending scene makes up for it. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> but is is he gonna be able to carry the movie? It's Jack Black, so it's possible. Now, I mean, it would be funny when we find out that Claptrap and Tiny Tina carry the movie. He, uh, uh, he Bowser carried Bowser, Mario. Yeah, I know. He carries as, as Bowser, so we'll see. Uh, so we're going to get into some news. We're already like 50 minutes into the show. For you guys, probably like 40 minutes. But the Power Rangers, huh? What's up, Brooke? Oh, yeah. So I was on uh, Geek Tyrant, and I saw this article that came up. Everybody knows I like RPGs. I play a lot of uh, tabletop RPGs. Well, there's a source book out there called Power Rangers Role-Playing Game Across the Stars. Oh, it uses <laughs> It uses a system called Essence 20, which is another form of D20 by Renegade Game Studios. It looks pretty interesting. I've never I'm even heard prob- of that. I-, I didn't know about it until I just happened to see it. They have it on Drive-Thru RPG. Uh, I'm probably going to buy it, look into it, and see if it's more of the story uh, aspect of the game or if it's you're always in your suit being a Power Ranger. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but I would not be a player for that. Yeah, you would. Nope. Because you wouldn't know when I'm doing it. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to do it. Nope. If I have to pick a color in my character, nah. I'm not happening. <laughs> see, the way, I, the way I do it is I'm not a fan of the color. But I am the fan of unlocking powers of some sort like that. So the next uh, news article, I'm going to let you do it because it's so stupid <laughs> it shouldn't be in the show. But I'm so, going to let you because it is so stupid. I, I only <laughs> put it in here because Nerdist had it as an article. Doesn't mean it belongs <laughs> here. <laughs> Apparently, for all of those people who like fried chi- chicken and pizza, KFC has something called the pizza. It's fried chicken pizza. It is... Fried chicken topped with pizza toppings. That sounds so, you know like, what it, so freakishly unhealthy for you that I might have to try it. You know what I actually, you know what I actually saw like yesterday on TikTok. Mm. Now that you mention this, I saw a girl had a what looked like a bucket of KFC chicken, but it was, and it she pulled out what looked like a KFC drumstick, but it was ice cream. It was fried oh, no. chicken flavored ice cream that came in drumsticks that came in a. Like fried chicken. What are they doing? I'm from Texas. I'm used to deep fried ice cream. However, chicken flavored ice cream? Yeah. Ew. You know, more the more we do this show, the more I'm convinced this we could someday turn this into a daily. (laughs) Oh yeah. Just based off of weird news. (laughs) Make it forty five minutes? Yeah, we could go all day. Oh boy. So yeah, apparently there's a new KFC (laughs) menu item called the (laughs) Cheesa. I don't know what states it, it's in or whatnot, but... It, it's going to be in the U.S. It's going to be rolled out for a limited time, but... Uh, was yeah, that I one just had that, that sandwich there. they had where it was two chicken pieces as your bun? <laughs> they still have that. I used to love that thing, actually. It was Heart attack. Yeah. That's what it's called. Hey, I have a recipe that I invented years ago called a heart attack in a bowl that is really, <laughs> really popular amongst my family. <laughs> and it's it's healthier than that. Yeah, true. <laughs> Oh, man. So, the first U.S. lunar lander since 1972 has touched down on the moon on February 22nd. It took actually only about a week for it to reach the moon, which was 
pretty dang quick. A little bit less than a week, actually. I think it was four days. Then they launched on the 16th. They landed on the 22nd. Um, the Odysseus, I'm butchering the name. Odysseus. Odysseus Moonlander delivered six NASA payloads for science instruments that they're doing to test some of the soil to the lunar surface, as well as like another scientific instrument they landed there, to some private companies and groups. And some of them was, I believe, human remains, which some Native American tribes had a huge problem with that. But yeah, I think we talked about this on the show already. Like if you were to put all the restrictions from all of religions in the world, they would never be able to launch out into outer space ever. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge achievement. And this was done by a private company. The private companies are going leaps and bounds above government space programs, especially NASA, because they don't have the same restrictions. And yeah, this was they don't done have by, the same restrictions, but they also don't have the limited budget that NASA has. True. Uh, well, they, they do to an extent. Like they got to have. Oh, so they got a lot more money than NASA does. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying they don't have unlimited. This lander was built and operated by Intuitive Machines and out of Houston, Texas. That's awesome. Hopefully the spacecraft didn't actually tip or they were able to get up there. It did. It's on its side, but they said it's 100% functioning, so they'd have no worry about it. And it did its own automated landing sequence. I read the whole Mm -hmm. landing sequence and everything like that. It picked its landing site and how to land it, when, when to do it. It did it all automatically. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it, it's cool that we're back back up there. Um, I can't wait till we send people up there again. That's happening very very soon. In fact, uh, I almost got a job working on a lander that's being developed outside of Mojave to mm-hmm. and in the avionics division of it that they're going to be bringing people to the moon. I, I don't think I'm allowed to say when that target is and what anything else about it. But I went to the final interview and barely missed out on that job. It would have been really cool. I feel that like would have been cool. Didn't get the job, and they didn't make you sign anything. Then I don't remember if I did sign an NDA during the interviews, oh. so I'm kind of being cautious about it. Gotcha. And I don't know if they actually got the contract or not. I know they were shooting for it, but the designs they were using and stuff like that to put people on the moon was leaps and bounds above what we used to get to be people on the moon in the first place. So. Everything we build is leaps and bounds. To yeah. The, <laughs> the, uh, the astronaut cell phone is more powerful than all of NASA combined and, and this, the lander during that time. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But uh, let's talk about James Webb Telescope for I a second. I love this stuff. It's going to get nerdy about this. So apparently the James Webb Telescope found evidence of a neutron star at the heart of a really recent young supernova remnant. And I thought that was pretty cool. It uh, is. The, su- the supernova, n- known as SN 1987 Alpha, was a core collapse supernova, meaning that the compacted remains of its core at its core formed either a neutron star or a black hole. Evidence is now suggesting that it has created a neutron star. Yeah, and the, that's speaking on that. That's one of the images out of a few that uh, James Webb has recently uncovered that is causing massive um, conflicts in cosmology currently and to the point where they are now questioning everything that they've known about how the universe was created based off of light patterns. Because their current theorem they had going off of the, the theory of Big Bang, which has never been proven, by the way, it's just still a theory, is wrong. Other calculations are completely wrong based on the light models that they're getting in from the James Webb Telescope. Hey, buddy, everything mm-hmm. in science is a theory. Oh, I know that. You know, most of it is. <laughs> but and the study of space is way more of a theory than any other science that we have because True. it is based off of looking at light without really anything else. Now, the, the advances we're making to go to the Mars and the moon, the data that we can get from those will be invaluable for putting those theories to the test. But right now... It's just calculations on light pattern. And now that we can look further and further and further into space with the James Webb, they're seeing inconsistencies in it that don't match up to our current models. So they're even starting to question the whole Big Bang Theory as it is. Yeah, because right now, as it sits, they are describing the universe or estimating the universe to be a sphere that is 93.016 billion light years across. Yeah, the, so, the Hubble constant, the the, the Hubble cons- constant. If I can speak right tonight, 
it was the the leading theory on the light mm-hmm. pattern that, that gives that distance that was been proving wrong yeah well unless we actually build a ship that can travel 93.6 billion light years we'll know mm-hmm. never know the truth yeah they were unless talking... we go to the center of the universe whatever that may be we won't ever really know it, it's there's a lot of theory which it fascinates the living crap out of me and I'm, I would love, I, I obviously will not live to see the day where we are traveling in through space, like in Star Trek and stuff like that. I, I could dream about it, and I would love more than anything. I'd drop everything to go out into space if I could, but that's not going to be in, in my cards, I don't think. I don't think that's going to be in any of our cards. To get that kind of space travel to where you're traveling light years and... Even going into our upper atmosphere, where mm-hmm. the beginning reaches of space, I would love to do. And they, they have civilian flights that do that now regularly, but they're $10,000 a seat on the cheapest ones, so... Yeah, we ain't got that kind of money just laying around. Yeah, I'm not gonna... May never... Lottery time! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so before we get to our uh, last thing on here, uh, apparently there's a new species of anaconda that was discovered in the Amazon recently. It's never been documented they are calling it the Northern Green Anaconda, and I'm not going to try saying its scientific name because I will butcher the heck out of it. Yeah, yeah it's okay. <laughs> but uh, it was a doc, uh, Professor Brian Fry from the University of Queensland. They re- led a team in there and dis- uh, disgu- discovered and studied several specimens of it. I that didn't think we fascinates me. I'm wondering how big that kind of snake can get because the, the anaconda is the largest growing snake in the planet. Uh, the size of these magnificent creatures was incredible. One female anaconda we encountered measured an astounding 6.3 meters long. That is a and big there's beast. And there's anecdotal reports from the Walrani Wa- people. I'm sorry, I'm butchering that. I don't know how to say that. And they're saying up to more than 7.5 meters long and weighing over 500 kilograms. That's huge. (laughs) That's a monster beast. The last thing we're going to get into tonight is MIT, the school that I tried to get into multiple times but failed, released a technology review. And one of the things they put out was the top 10 breakthroughs in technology for 2024. I found this very amusing and um, I have questions about it, but... The first thing they list, obviously, is AI for everything. But they also hit on one key point, is that true AI is still not in the in the cards. And by true AI, it's an AI that has gained self-aware consciousness, which is that we're, we're, we're way, way beyond that point. We're way, way far from that point. We have very rudimentary AI currently. And yes, it is actually going into everything, mm-hmm. including cell phones. The new Samsung's released a new AI for their camera. <laughs> They're putting them in... Uh, Computer processing chips now. Number two they put in was super efficient solar cells. And that's something that has been, that technology has been growing exponentially over the last 20 years. And people who early adopted it to put on their roof like 10 years ago, it's nowhere near what you can do now. My question is, is what are they calling super efficient? Because right now our best efficiency is about 23 to 25% efficient for solar panels. Oh, they're saying it goes even higher than that. Um, because they're doing a multi-layer stacking, which can go up to 60%. Ah, nice. 60% would be great, because then if I was to upgrade all my panels on my roof, I would get a lot more power. <laughs> the one that really makes me question why they even put it on this list is Apple Vision Pro. Because, because advancements in AR is basically all they're calling it. And it, AR, That's what it is. AR hasn't been a thing. I mean, they many people have tried it, Google and everything like that, and it has not taken yet. Apple might be able to do it. I'm not a fan of Apple, but they might be able to. I don't know that the I've I've seen people using this Vision Pro thing like like not in person because they're stupid expensive, but I've watched people like in videos and stuff walking around like it looks like a straight Tony Stark Jarvis thing yeah. going on where they're like controlling everything and <sighs> I got to get past my dangerous. bias to hating Apple. <laughs> the day they make them this efficient to where they're the size of a pair of sunglasses and you're seeing all the AR AR tech a- information, then I will buy into AR. Uh, Number four. Cool. Yeah, there are elements of AR that could be super useful, especially in the professional world, mm-hmm. especially medical. Yeah. That's a big one. Uh, even engineering is another huge one. 
actually yes. be able to see your engineer projects in real time as you're doing it, as you're designing it. Like mm-hmm. The way Tony Stark does it in Iron Man, where he yep. just, oof, blows it up. That would be sci-fi, man. That predicts the future. Uh, number four is weight loss drugs. As they said this because global obesity is becoming a huge problem worldwide. Not just U.S., but worldwide. And medications like Munjaro and Wagovi are now among the most powerful tools that physicians are now using to treat safely weight loss. Yeah, they the are- problem with that is... You got to get people to, to the way our world has become so consumerism. We got to get people down to where they want smaller portions. I'm a health, I'm a fitness guy. I love fitness. I've been lacking it the last four months. I've helped my dad, but I don't like the idea of using weight loss drugs. I think that normal, healthy exercise and eating better is all you need. The only time weight loss drugs should be used is when you're kicking opioid habits. Yeah, there was an article about that, that they found yep. that it does actually help people get off of opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. See, my problem is is that I am into fitness as well, but I'm more into the fitness cheeseburger in my mouth kind of mm-hmm. fitness. <laughs> See, I'm into fitness, uh, but... I love food too much. <laughs> I'm into fitness, but it's just finding that motivation that drives people to keep wanting to do it like video games can drive people to keep playing video games. See the results, man. The gains. (laughs) (laughs) Them gains. Yeah, I'm into it as well. Like, I have a gym out in my garage. It's just finding, like, working out by yourself sucks. Yeah, it does. I've had to do that for a long time. It does. It's not the best thing, but you get the right mindset. You get into the habit of doing it. And if Widget didn't live 40 minutes away, he could come over and we'd go to a gym. Push you to do it. Yep. I went from 245 pounds when I moved out to California, and I'm down to 190. So, Yeah, I would like to do that. Uh, My my best weight loss has been, like, just getting sick. I mean, I've lost 12 pounds in the last, like, five days, so. (laughs) That was for a lot of people. Same with my dad. I, I gained negative weight loss coming to California. Living in Washington, I was around 180, 190. Now I'm at 230. Uh, number five is enhanced geothermal systems. Um, there's a big problem with this in terms of the world of preser- um, what I'm looking for. Um, preservation? Preservation, but the other term like activists for global warming. Um, the <sighs> Ecosystem. It has issues with the ecosystem. Because uh, you are drilling through the Earth's co- the Earth's crust to get down to the higher, the deeper, hotter places mm-hmm. of our Earth, and using that thermal energy to create electricity and other sources of energy. It one of the things that comes to mind is fracking. So they're different. They by are different, a lot. but they have they can have the same result. They can, but the way they do the geothermal is they go down a pretty big, deep amount. And then they pump water into the existing hole. They're not forcing the water into extra crevices to frack the ground apart. No, what I do find interesting about this, though, is that with our new advancements in drilling technology and techniques, I would love for the scientific community to be able to break through the Earth's crust and actually reach the mantle. We have never gotten close. The, mo- the deepest hole ever went down about a third of the way through the crust. And it got before it got too hot and it was melting the drill bits. That was a Russian team that did that. And I forgot the name of the hole. You could look it up. It's pretty cool. It's so, actually uh, in most places it's 43 miles thick and they got to seven miles. Okay, a little bit less than that, but they didn't get but a fraction of the way before mm-hmm. it started melting. So there is huge potential for that using. But there's also implications of it or side effects that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, chiplets number six. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop on here because we're running out of time. It's this is one that really fascinates me because it's becoming insanely hard for advancements in, in computer technology because of transistors. We can only go so small before we cannot go any smaller, and we're at that point now where we can't really go any smaller. So we're we're getting the stagnant progression in computer technology, except for a new engineering marvel that is might circumvent that in a way while we're looking for new methods for computing. Why don't they just, uh, why don't they just 3D print it? Because we can print a million Nerf guns <laughs> on the head of a dime. I Do mean. you realize that that same <laughs> pent dime is a billion for a chipset? Yeah, mm-hmm. their chips go really small for those transistors. The, the it, only issue yeah, microscopic, is... microscopic, but 
We can only go so small before they're no longer valid. They can't work anymore. You can only go so small before you're like, all right, cool. I got to get electrons through this. My electron won't fit. Yeah, when the valve is smaller than the electron, it doesn't work. <laughs> but the, the, the current solution is chiplets. They're small and they're specialized chips that can be linked together to do everything conventional chips can do and more. And they're more energy efficient. But again, there's a limit. But they are, it is a nice advance, but it's not. And we should be seeing chiplet designs come out later this year, actually, in the market. Let's be honest. Our next step is either isolinear circuitry or bio-neural circuitry. Yeah, that's right. I threw Star Trek in there. The rest of the stuff is extremely fascinating. Like the first gene editing treatment, um, exascale computers, which is something I might get into. Some people want to hear about that because that's really fascinating for me. It's a form of supercomputer that's pretty cool. Uh, heat jumps, they, they mentioned X being killed, but that's nothing. <laughs> X, X ain't going anywhere. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter. It, it's it's dying, but I don't think it's it's going to be one of those that just, it's going to be there and not going away. They can call it X all they want, but until I go to www.x.com, it's still <laughs> As long as I have to type in twitter.com, it's still Twitter. Exactly. exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, man. We yeah. could go a lot longer on this episode, but we're going to have to call it here. Yeah. And uh, just say our good night now. If you guys want to reach the show, the best way to do that is obviously through our Discord for any of our shows uh rook recently rebranded it back to our main logo so it's just not starfield raw it's raw podcasts which is our our overall company our broadcasting company for our our shows if you want to reach us out for business and other like-minded stuff podcast raw at gmail.com is the way to do it p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s-r-a-w at gmail.com our discord discord.gg forward slash raw podcasts r-a-w-p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s there's a pattern here our instagram rook our instagram is raw podcast one and you recently made our facebook our facebook is no longer starfield raw our facebook is now raw podcast it is the same as our discord we have switched to our main made normal brand or overall brand i should say and we'll still post everything we were posting when we did post. We'll be more active on it, too. I apologize for us not being very active. <laughs> uh, you can find me on anything under the sun as the widget, T-H-E-W-I-G-I-T. You can <laughs> reach me at almost everything. Tomcat213, Steam, and XR Rook 213 And you could reach me at the Archon. 606 um on all social media and all gaming platforms i'm quick q-w-i-c-k underscore d underscore 606 thanks so much for listening everybody and we will talk to you again next week y'all stay nerdy out there you hear have a great week guys